Don't look back because the market is closed. Good Wednesday afternoon, everyone. Tyler Harrich here with you for today's VRA Investing Podcast. After back-to-back really solid sessions to start off this week on Monday and Tuesday, we got a market pause today just in time, of course, for me to record the podcast. Have you been tuning in with us here for some time? You know, Kip and I have the running joke of he always gets the good upside days and I inevitably always get the downside days. So makes sense that our market took a little bit of a pause today. That's how we see it here as a pause uh, in what we see as a larger move higher. And I'll cover the reasons why for that today and why it wasn't all bad out there in the market today. We certainly saw some bright spots. I'll also cover what we've seen briefly so far this year compared to the previous worst starts of the year. Trust me, you're going to want to stay tuned for that. It's very interesting what we see looking back to the other two worst starts of the year as this is the third worst start to the year, at least for the S&P 500. Uh, Also, we'll talk about bond yields hitting fresh 52-week highs here today and what we see going forward for not only our market, but our sectors and commodities here as well. So it's, it's no secret that it has been a rough year so far for 2022 for our markets. And so, like I stated earlier, only two years have had worst, worse starts to the year for the S&P 500. Those years were 1974 and 2002. But here's the good news. In both of those years, stocks bottomed in October and began to move higher. Uh, In both of those cases, substantial move higher into the end of the year. And in 2002, you may remember that that October bottom actually marked the lows for the next six years until November of 2008. What is Probably most interesting to me here is you've heard us talk a lot about midterm stats as we are in a midterm year and have historically the market performs really well after the year following the midterms. Well, 1974 was a midterm year. 2002 was a midterm year as well. So remember this statistic that we've covered here a ton. Going back to 1952, the average move higher from a midterm year low, which typically takes place September or October, to one year later has been an average gain of 32% for the stock market. And that has occurred 100% of the time. It's 18 for 18 since 1952 that the lows have been marked going into the midterms one year later have been higher. We expect that 2022 will be no different here. We've got a ton of data to back this up. We're starting to like what we're seeing. Um, And if you want to take a look at all of that, you can take a look at our last few blog posts on kipherridge.com. We covered it quite in depth in our last few posts there. And we're actually working on a new write-up now as well on this exact topic. Not specifically uh, for 
this doesn't specifically apply uh, to all midterm years, but specifically to this midterm year. We wrote about it in our book, The Big Bribe, which you can find at bigbribebook.com or come and join us at vrainsider.com. With your 14-day free trial, you'll now receive a free digital copy of The Big Bribe as well. Uh, but go get a hard copy at bigbribebook.com. But that is this is the theme that we talked about there, and that is Joe Biden as Bill Clinton. Kip has talked about this a lot on the podcast as well, because during Clinton's first term, he was much further left leading leading up to his first round of midterms in 1994. Uh, and he absolutely got crushed in the midterms. After that, Clinton pivoted. He went more towards the middle, was known as being able to triangulate his views and both sides' views as well. And what happened from there was nothing short of extraordinary for the stock market. The stock market is the best president for the stock market in history. And we actually expect that we'll see something similar from Biden after the Dems get absolutely smoked in the midterms. That remains our view now. Of course, barring any malfeasance, cheating, rigging of these midterm elections. Um, but so here's what is also interesting about that and what we're going to be writing up here soon is that if you look at the performance of the S&P 500 in Clinton's first two years versus Biden's first two years, the charts are very different because Biden got a great stock market thanks to Trump, uh, where Clinton really was pretty flat through his first two years. But at this point, at October to November, leading up to the midterms, their returns for the stock market were just about neck and neck. Clinton's actually were slightly higher given the pullback bear market that we've seen this year. Uh, but what is so interesting about this chart when you look at it is that this time period actually marked the lows for the S&P 500. After that, taking a look at the chart, the market went parabolic from there. Still a little bit of digesting after the midterms, but after that, it was off to the races. And again, Clinton, the most successful president in history in regards to stock market performance. So we would like to see the same from the Biden administration here. I say Biden administration for a reason. Uh, a lot of you listeners probably know why. But after the midterms, if they can find a way to navigate their way back to the middle here, we could see a roaring stock market because we, if we know one thing that the stock market loves, it is gridlock in DC. You know, just a pause on any new regulations, new laws being passed. Let us work with at least, if, we, if it's not gonna be perfect, at least we know what the framework is and there won't be a lot of surprises. Uh, the market would love that from here and we continue to see that as our view. We look for a melt up three weeks away now from the midterms and beyond as well. So looking at our markets on the day to day, again, we got a pause here after two nice rally days, uh, but really, I mean, pretty controlled pause today. We were able to finish off of the lows of the day and we saw a few bright spots as well. The Dow led the way, if you want to call it that, up 0.33%. 
30,423. Next up was the S&P 500 down 0.67% to 3,695. I want to make sure I said the Dow was down, not up 0.33%. Uh, but back to the rest of the indexes, NASDAQ down 0.85% to 10,680. And one quick bright note here, the semis led the way today. Uh, it seems like the first time in a long time that we've had our market, our major indexes lower across the board and the semis finishing higher. So very good to see. We want to see the semis leading the market and tech being the second there. We didn't get the tech part today, but good to see the semis closing higher here up 0.81% on the day. And then lastly, the small caps were our laggard on the day down 1.72%. A uh, pretty significant loser there to 1725 But we continue to like small caps here overall. And we've got a few reasons for that to share with you today. Small caps coming out of a recession have outperformed large caps in six out of the last six times. That's about all the data that there is on that. And not just by a little bit, by a lot. The average small cap outperformance coming out of a recession compared to large caps is 14%. 14% outperformance from the small caps compared to the large caps coming out of a recession. So if we're looking at a post midterm year rally, like I just described, we want to own the small caps in that situation. That's data from Strategist, a, a macro research firm. And on top of that, right now, small caps are very cheap on a relative basis. In fact, relative to the S&P 500, small cap valuations haven't been this cheap since just after the dot-com bubble. So, you know, maybe a little bit early here as we're still heading into the midterms, uh, but coming out on the other side into the post midterm rally, we think that's going to be important to remember here. Uh, also today, I wanted to point out the 10 year note as yields today on the 10 year hit another high for 2022, now marking its highest level since June of 2008, now up or well up on the day 3.23% to a 4.12 on the 10 year. Again, it's highest level since uh, 2008 here. But, you know, it's important to put this in context. We try to do this here a lot when we've been talking about yields recently. When you look back on the history of interest rates, a yield above 4% is still below the historical norm. And especially if you go back further than 20 years, 4% would have been shocking to somebody, you know, Earlier on, you know, 20, 30, 40 years ago, 4% was very, very low. And it certainly doesn't mean that the market can't rally. We wrote about this to members today as well. Looking back to recent memory, 1995 to 2000, during the dot-com melt-up, the biggest bull market in history, right? Rates were anywhere from 5 to 7% during that time. We had a few dips below 5, but briefly. And then the same happened with the bull market that followed the dot-com blow-up. Between 2002 and 2007, the bull market there, rates were above 4 to 
during most of that time as well. So point being here on a historical basis, these aren't extremely high rates and rates are certainly not the kiss of death for the stock market or the economy overall. Now, looking at a chart of rates, could they continue higher from here? Sure, and that's fine. Our long-term view still remains intact here, uh, which is that the longer term, really 40 year plus trend of lower yields, we expect to continue. We're at, uh, getting close to the top end of that channel right now where we would start to expect a reversal. Doesn't mean we can't get a, a brief blip above that level. And that's for a lot of reasons though, other than just the trend that we've seen. Overall, higher yields we know are just unsustainable in the debt-based economy that we've had since the creation of the Federal Reserve in 1913. If rates stay high for too long, they know that we will no longer be able to pay our debt. And you know that the Federal Reserve is going to step in with quantitative easing, yield control, before any of that happens, much like we've seen from the Bank of Japan. But and really, because no Fed chair wants to be written about in the history books as overseeing the implosion of the U.S. economy. They don't want to be blamed about that when the history books are written, so they will continue to do everything they can to ensure that they continue to pass the buck here. Uh, if you're interested in a, in, in a full breakdown, in-depth analysis of this, uh, I, I did some podcasts on this in September. Go back and listen to my podcast from September 14th and September 20th, leading to that FOMC meeting where I really broke all of this down and the real reasons why we see rates heading lower from here. Next up, quickly touching on the internals on the day. Uh, not much here to see today. Negative across the board, roughly three to one negative overall for advancing decline, declining stocks, beating out advancing stocks, uh, roughly three to one negative overall. 52 week highs to lows continue to be negative with 640 stocks hitting new lows, but compared to recent memory, we've seen a lot worse than that. So a little bit of improvement for a down day. Uh, and a little bit better with new highs, 86 stocks hitting 52-week highs. Lastly, volume coming in negative for both the NYSE and the NASDAQ. Looking at our sectors on the day today, we had one sector finish higher on the day. Can you guess what that sector is? It's been the major, major outperformer of all other sectors on the year. That would be energy here. Once again, the energy sector up almost 3% on the day today. But here's really what you like to see. XLE, the energy ETF tracking this sector, just hit another 52-week high of outperformance versus crude oil yesterday. It's exactly what you want to see as an investor. The equity outperforming the underlying commodity. When you see that, it is a huge buy signal and it applies to other groups as well. We've seen it for most of the year from these energy names and it's an important factor that plays in to the VRA investing system here and really is the importance of having a trading system and investing system like the VRA system here. We've been trading this group very well here for over the last year with very strong gains. Most recently, we bought ERX, the two-time leveraged ETF for energy, 
just about 16 days ago. We're up roughly 20% in that trade now as we start to hit overbought levels here. Uh, we'll, we'll continue to take a look at it. Uh, but the point being that even in a really tough market like we've seen this whole year, there's always opportunity out there. And this is just one way of finding that opportunity. Uh, our laggards on the day for our sectors were real estate, financials, and healthcare. And then just about flat on the day was communication services. And right under that was tech. So good to see tech uh, on a day like today being one of our better sectors, even though it finished down on the day. Finally for today, our VRA commodity watch Gold now down 1.3% to $1,634 an ounce, uh, right back near its 52-week lows here, just about 12 points off it. Those lows were at $1,622. Silver down as well by 1%, excuse me, uh, <clears throat> silver down 1% here to $18.40 an ounce. Next up, copper down 1.12% to $3.32 a pound. And lastly, for the commodities here, oil. Started off the day in the red as uh, the Biden administration once again drawing from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve here. Remember, Trump wanted to top off the Strategic Petroleum Reserve at $20 a barrel. That idea was laughed at and shot down. How good of a decision was that now in hindsight? Biden wanting to fill it earlier this year at $70 a barrel. Absolutely outrageous, uh, the thought process that these people take. But again, drawing from the, the reserve, this is a, a desperate attempt here to keep prices at least where they are ahead of the midterms, essentially buying votes here, this time drawing down just 15 million barrels, and I say just, it's not like it's a, it's not a lot, it's, it is a lot, but that doesn't even cover U.S. consumption of oil in one day. We consume almost 20 million barrels a day in this country. <laughs> this is, uh, I mean, just politics here. Obviously, traders didn't think much of that at all. Oil rallied from the open today, now up 3.29% on the day today to $84.77 a barrel. Lastly for today, Bitcoin lower on the day today, now down 0.94% to 19,190 a Bitcoin. Folks, that is all that we have time for here today. Thanks again for tuning in. Please be sure to subscribe to receive our VRA podcast every day at the market close. You can sign up at VRAinsider.com. Click the podcast link at the top, and we'd love to have you with us. Thanks again for tuning in. Until next time, we'll see you back here tomorrow for the close.